Hello, folks. How are you doing today? Uh, this will be the last episode for on the topic of Heavenly Mother. This will speak on the big details of the initiation ceremony that Jesus described to, to the ascension to the higher heavens, and as if there is any possible relationship between those type of rituals and the LDS temple ritual. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go. Now, before we begin, let's try to uh, explain something. Now, what does it mean when Jesus talks about the ascension onto the heavens and the initiatory process? Uh, first of all, if you have not uh, listened to the, to the previous episodes, there are 24 levels of heaven. And the bottom ones are the realm of chaos. And the higher up, one goes towards uh, Heavenly Father or the, mon or, or the monad, the higher we attain knowledge, and the more knowledge, the closer we get to the source, to Heavenly Father or to the monad or to the great God, the Father of Jesus, etc. And before we can, or before uh, the initiate tries to get to the gates of the treasury, it has to be able to pass through the watchtowers. Uh, this word watchtower, it's uh, also used in the book of Enoch. And Enoch also has to pass, pass through the watchtowers and approach the door, the, the door of the treasury or the spirits of the treasury. And then the initiate enters. This has happened in the book of Enoch. It happens in the Pisti Sophia. And it also happens in the book of Jew. And so those are the gates. The initiation into the gates of heaven starts when Jesus is speaking to his apostles. This is speaking in the, in the context of the book of Jude. And the apostles ask him if it is the power of the name of his father that will open the gates. Jesus does not answer, but he says that it is the name of the great power, the cipher, the diagram, and the seal that opens the gates. Uh, each one of these uh, seals and ciphers and diagrams, there's one particular one of these per gate. So it's not like one can be used for all of them. So part of the knowledge that needs to be attained to be able to enter the particular gate is each one of these, which sounds a lot like Freemasonry. And if it sounds a lot like Freemasonry, well, the guess is that it will probably sound very familiar also in the in the LDS temple ceremony. Now, in the book of Jude, Jesus goes to teach his apostles on a second prayer. The first one being the Lord's Prayer. This is the second one. Uh, it's called the Hymn of Praise, spoken by Jesus with his disciples. Had he proceeded inwards into the seven treasury, the glorification of the Father, each ending with a question. Uh, what now, O unapproachable God? So we do understand that there is one single God for all the treasuries. And it is one single God. Uh, and then the disciples are supposed to respond, Amen, 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 three times. Um, this doesn't really quite sound like a prayer. It sounds more like a song, in my opinion. 
And so the title of, uh, of the great logos corresponding to the mysteries is given after each end of the hymns, which I'm assuming hymn doesn't use, well, yeah, it just basically means like a song. And so what is, so let's start to break down this, um, this hymn. What is the logos? The word logos, as we understand it now, the definition has, has kind of evolved based on translations, uh, it is defined as divine reasoning. To me, this has a very Kabbalistic definition, or that's the way I understand it. Uh, and, and, and it's basically the definition of the origin of enumeration. If you have listened to the podcast on the Kabbalah, this will make a lot more sense. Because enumeration basically means kind of like the program. So the program is the one that initially sets the laws of that particular execution, and then the execution follows certain patterns, but it's the program. So the pieces of knowledge, or God himself, is are the ones that program the executions. For example, we are an execution. Gravity is part of the program. The fact that we're able to breathe is part of the program. So the enumerators are the ones that set down the laws. Uh, if that makes any sense. And so the the meaning of this is that the Elohim are the ones that set the rules in the worlds of heaven. Uh, in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, when we read the word God in the King James Bible, it is actually the, he, the original Hebrew word is Elohim, which basically means judges or enumerators as I would like to see it in a Kabbalistic perspective, which to me makes a lot more sense. Okay, so let's continue in the book of Jude. Uh, the book begins by specifying that he is he's teaching his disciples, Jesus and his and the women disciples. He, he, speaks, of, he, speaks, of, he speaks of women in the, in the plural. He teaches them about the mysteries of the treasuries of the light, which are after death. And a lot of the things that are, that are done in this re ritual in life has a lot to do with different baptisms. And these baptisms are meant to erase the sins of the soul and enable it to pass through all the places of the invisible God until it reaches the treasuries of light. Now, this description seems to sound very similar to the descriptions of, of Enoch and also of the of the LDS initiatory ceremonies, where there are certain things that we need to do for us to be able to get somewhere else. You know, also Freemasonry has something very similar. But the Book of Jew it is very unique in the way in which it uses the word baptisms. In Freemasonry, uh, it is more kind of like the word, the password, and the token. And so, actually, it may not be even be the baptism. So it may be the previous one. Uh, so, therefore, um, in Enoch, for example, uh, there are some, da some dangerous and intimidating angels, such as Metatron. And it is his guide that takes him to, uh, in this case, his, thing, his, gu his guide is Uriel. He, Uriel is the one that takes Enoch through all of these um, treasuries of light. I think in the book of Enoch, Enoch describes them as fire. But if you have never seen light, then light and fire can be kind of equated. And so Jesus warns his disciples 
not to give these mysteries to anyone unworthy or in exchange of any goods in, of this world. Sounds very familiar to, to the pearl in great, of a great price uh, in, in Mormon literature. Um, the disciples are to keep the secrets away from those who serve the 72 archons or the eight powers of the great archon, archons. The secrets are only to be given to the sons of light. Now, this sons of light thing is very interesting because I don't know if you know anything about the Essenes who survived the, I guess, the Jewish revolt from the Romans. They call themselves the sons of light. And so it may be possible that this book was probably written on the banks of Qumran, of the Dead Sea. And it was part of the initiatory process. Uh, so that, that is just one of my theories. Uh, there are some Jew, some ancient Jewish legends that talk about people being plagued by specific demons or angels that help them or not help them. And in fact, we kind of have something like that in our folklore. When we see uh, those Disney cartoons, when we have the little angel on one shoulder and the demon on the left, and they're trying to, uh, to, to give advice to the, to the protagonist, and then the protagonist either follows the angel, then the demon disappears, and he does a good act, or he follows the demon, and then the angel disappears, and then he does a bad act, or he or she. And so... This type of allegory we have in our culture, which is uh, passed on by cartoons, but still there <laughs> in, in, in one way or another. Uh, and so why am I saying this? The reason why I'm saying this is because we can imagine the bad archons as being the demons. And we can imagine the, 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 the angels or the eons as the, um, as the good guys. So... If we obey the bad guys, then we uh, we basically sabotage ourselves to not be able to progress to the higher heavens. Or if we follow the angels or the eons, then we are venturing more into being able to travel to these treasuries of heaven, which this is a very... This can imply a lot, particularly because this is a little bit more of an elaborate explanation as to why doing good deeds gets us closer to heaven and why bad deeds gets us closer to the lands of chaos at the bottom. Um, and, and, and so if they're able to get close, they're able to baptize themselves, uh, to be able to clean clean the soul, and therefore they're able to escalate those realms of heaven and be able to be in contact with the higher angels and be able to control the demons for not torturing the initiate in this instance. And then Jesus instructs them on the spiritual inunction, which I had to find, I had to, I had to look that up. Is, uh, it means the rubbing of oil as a preparation to receive farther mysteries. Uh, I think we have a little bit of that in the Bible with the washing of the feet. 
but then also I think there's a woman that gets saved by Jesus and she uh, washes his feet with oil which I guess in Unchunk was a, a thing back then but Jesus uses, describes it in the book of Jude as part of the initiatory process to be able to ascend the treasuries of heaven which is kind of interesting and a lot of these ceremonial procedures may, may, may seem very benign but some other examples uh, of, of some of the way these rituals have, were likely conducted, uh, they don't seem as benign as Mormon or Mormon or Masonic rituals, because the Mormon and Masonic well, the Masonic rituals are very Victorian, and the Mormon rituals were kind of Victorian, but then became more of a movie watching type of thing. And so, but the the way in the book of Jew, the rituals were likely to be conducted was a lot more lively. There was, there was music involved. There were baptisms involved. In fact, today, there is still a religion that claims to predate Jesus. They're called the Mindians, in which every weekend they baptize themselves. And they baptize them, them, themselves. I don't know if they use the book of Jude, but they also claim that these multiple baptisms clean the soul to be able to ascend to the higher heaven. So it sounds very familiar. Uh, the Mandeans still have a, a ritualism of, of a community and dances and baptisms and food sharing. And I think that if I went to venture a guess, I think it would probably, it, the, the, the book of Jude. It will be a combination between Mandian music and dance and baptisms with some type of Masonic stuff. But the Masonic stuff, sometimes if you've ever been into a Masonic lodge, it has a big square in the middle. And if you've been to a Roman or a Greek um, home, there is sometimes in the middle, well, if it's a wealthy home, I'm talking about... If you want to see one here in the United States, there is one in the Getty Villa. In the Getty Villa, once you go through the main doors, there is a kind of like a big room with like a little very shallow pool in the middle. So I think it would probably, if I were to venture a guess as to how was the Book of Jew conducted, it would have been in a room like that where there were multiple baptisms or symbolical baptisms that sometimes they don't, they don't even involve water. And that's where the baptisms happen. And then the initiate goes around the room and is tested in the particular step and token and cipher and password and so on and so forth. And so that is my guess. Uh, if you have any other guesses, I would love to hear them. Uh, please, please, please um, send me a message. I would love to hear what you have, what, what you think. Thank you so much for for listening to my podcast. I appreciate everyone. I see the numbers going up, and so appreciate everybody that's listening. And thank you very much, and have a great one. Bye bye.